0: By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over
1: 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome to the Writing Report. I'm Jeff Carter, and with me, Graydon Smith, the uh, MPP for Perry Sound Muskoka, also the Minister of...
0: Natural Resources and Forestry.
1: Hey, well, welcome back again, Graydon. And Great to be the, back. The session's over. You know you know what I want to say, but I, I realize that being uh, with the government means that you never have a day off. Well, but you won't be technically uh, sitting.
0: We're not sitting, at the but uh,
1: I am working. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, every day, uh, talking to people and, and making sure that we're getting things done for folks in Perry, South
1: Muskoka. And summer's no different. It's just better weather. Well, that depends where you are, of course, because there are wildfires everywhere, and smoke is uh, going all over North America. And uh, certainly some fires uh, in northern Ontario. There was a couple uh, in Algonquin Park last week. Uh, You care to tell us a little bit more about what the ministry is doing to try and control all of these wildfires, and uh, what kind of help you're getting?
0: Yeah, so, you know, it is... um Uh, a busy start to the fire season Um, in Ontario not one that is unprecedented by any means if we look at the 10 year average we're a little bit above that but uh, not a a huge amount above that but in the jurisdictions uh, close to us and specifically Quebec uh, they are having uh, you know a a very difficult time and they've got about three times the fires on the go with uh, you know many multiples uh, more in terms of hectares uh, burning so the smoke that we've been seeing in our Riding, which has been significant at times, and the smoke uh, that's got uh, down to Toronto and and certainly caught everyone's attention along the whole eastern seaboard is primarily from Quebec, just based on the way the the weather weather patterns have been working. But that said, uh, you know, wild, uh, land fire season we we say the start is May fifteenth, uh, and so we're we're into the season. The the province is well resourced with a fire crews, uh, people uh, on the ground, people in the command centers. Uh, helicopters you know aircraft uh, water bombers uh, you know ready to go and and they are going we've got uh, just over 50 fires in Ontario you know as of the recording of, of this program um, and um, none of them uh, are um, really uh, threatening communities at this point which we're we're thankful for um, but we're in contact uh, very regularly with First Nations communities and and other communities to give them updates and sometimes you know precautionary evacuations might happen due to air quality uh, for vulnerable populations or or other people. But, um, you know, the one thing about uh, fighting fires is um, every area has their resources um, and will dedicate whatever it takes to, to do, you know, what they can with those resources. But we all help one another, too. So. When we saw Alberta off to a very difficult start to their fire season, uh, we had our Ontario Fire Rangers equipment and crews out there assisting over 100 uh, people. And, uh, you know, as they come back and start to work uh, in their own uh, backyard, so to speak, again, you know, we may need help from others at some point. Um, In fact, right now we've got uh, four water bombers uh, assisting us from Minnesota, Um, but we help each other provincially and we also help each other internationally, too. So we can uh, sometimes receive assistance, <clears throat> pardon me, from those areas in the southern hemisphere that their season's concluding. So Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, in some cases, um, where they can share their resources because it's kind of their downtime. And and we just as we have
1: helped them, um, you know, in our
0: downtime and, and their
1: uptime. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell me uh, a little bit about the conditions of of the forest? Is it drier? This year than it has been in previous years. Do you track that kind of information?
0: Uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, it was uh, a melt that that happened quickly. There hasn't been a whole lot of precipitation throughout most of northern Ontario. Uh, Northeast Ontario is a little uh, drier than Northwest Ontario right now. Um, but that said, in in the area that the province controls for uh, fire ratings and and exclusions, um, all of all of our areas including Eastern Ontario, including um, this area, uh, are under uh, restriction um, because it is generally dry and, and we don't want to have any unintended fires uh, set due to man-made causes. So many of them are set due uh, to, to natural causes, which are primarily lightning strikes. Um, so, you know, uh, precipitation is welcome right now um, because um, while it's uh, a, a challenge, uh, but one that we're meeting, we don't, certainly don't want it to get any worse.
1: Right. And as far as the wildfires go, I've never really seen, you know, restricted fryers, uh, fire zones um, as much as we have this year. Certainly reading the weather, I can't tell you ever if I've talked about, you know, um, smoke in the forecast. So, you know, have things really changed?
0: Well, I think what we've certainly seen in the case of the smoke recently is that there was a, a set of meteorological conditions that uh, w- w- was kind of the, the perfect uh, storm to bring that smoke to us. So. If you looked at the jet stream, it was a big uh, kind of omega shape uh, or almost a U shape uh, that was sitting over top of Ontario and mostly Quebec uh, with a counterclockwise rotating you know, weather system within it. So it was taking it from the north and the winds have been out of the north for days and days and days and pulling it all down to the south. Um, you know, I think for some people, they don't um, realize because they're they're not kind of in the thick of it that, you know, we, we call it a wildfire season because they happen every year. Uh, there is variability from year to year with how severe it is certainly. Uh, Last year in Ontario, it was a very mild wildfire season. The year prior, it was a very difficult wildfire season um, that was exceptional. Um, And when you look at the dollars that we spend, and I think there have been some people out there that have uh, intentionally or unintentionally um, been uh, pointing fingers and saying there's been cuts to the service. There's absolutely not cuts. In fact, you you spend whatever you need to spend uh, every year to get the job done. So some years, Ontario has spent, let's say, $100 million or just over $100 million in a mild year. And in a difficult year, it might be $250 million, right? It might double that. So um, you you devote the resources you need to devote, uh, but from one year to the next, it can be quite different.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, the town of Bracebridge yesterday, I believe Thursday, um, sent out a a notice or might have been Wednesday, basically urging people to be prepared and, you know, clean up your yard, make sure that all, you know, like combustibles, burnables, um, you know, are, are, I don't know, move somewhere <laughs> not to burn in your yard, but somewhere else you can't burn anything, um, uh, because of the, uh, fire bans. But they also were talking about, um, you know, having a 72 hour, um, pack ready to go just in case, you know, a wildfire or some other emergency should happen here. And, uh, Whereas, you know, I think the province in the past has always sort of talked about, you know, having a 72-hour emergency kit ready um, for whatever kind of emergency that might come. But it's more general, and this this warning from the town of Bracebridge seemed to be more specific in, in, in the sense that, you know, like we've got to be careful because something that's happening in Quebec could happen here. We're obviously nestled in the forest. Um, Yeah. I mean, kind of alarming in in a sense.
0: No, I think they're just doing their job and making sure that everybody's prepared. Uh, But when we look at, The the types of some of the fires um, that uh, have occurred this year and Nova Scotia comes to mind where you had a wildland fire abutting a highly urbanized area and there's been a significant amount of property loss and, um, you know, disruption, you know, that that can occur anywhere where you have that kind of line between urbanization uh, and nature. So I, I think fire departments over the years uh, have become uh, great messengers for preparedness. Um, it seems like in this case, uh, you know, they're just uh, taking an opportunity where, uh, you know, if the fire season because of the smoke, uh, in particular, and because of the coverage on the news, is very much top of mind for people. And saying, "Hey, you know, let let's be on top of this and be prepared." Ontario has what's called a Fire Smart program for communities and and resources for individuals. That if you go to Ontario.ca, I think slash Fire Smart, uh, it will. Talk to you about, you know, what you can do to best prepare your home, you know, keep combustibles out of the eaves trough and, you know, move wood piles away from houses, things like that, just to to stem any potential ignition sources. So, you know, uh, better prepared uh, uh, than to not be prepared. And, you know, kudos to the department for for getting that messaging out. All
1: right. Now, a couple of weeks back, you made a major announcement uh, up in, I, I believe, Timmins. With regards to biomass, which is essentially using a lot more of the forestry products that uh, come from the cutting of trees into making other products with whatever's left over and, you know, um, finding ways to, I guess, take um, industrial byproducts of of trees and move them into yet a new product. Care to talk about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's super exciting. I was actually in Atticoken, so uh, get in the car and 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 drive a day <laughs> west because <laughs> Ontario is so big. Um, but uh, and I love Timmins too. I uh, was there earlier in the year. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we were we were in Atticoken specifically because we were in a plant that uses biomass uh, and produces uh, wood pellets for uh, um, primarily on Ontario power generation to, to use in, in generating electricity. So the biomass industry. Is is not new, um, but really, what it does is it takes all the residuals from uh, sawmills um, and, and pulp paper mills and and the forests themselves, because not all of the tree is you know suitable for you know cutting in into lumber. So all these parts that don't get used, what can we do with them uh, to help make our sustainable forest practices in Ontario even more sustainable? Use more of the tree, you know. Ideally, let's use hundred um, percent. And within the tree, uh, you know, not only is there you know bark in the milling process and sawdust that comes off of that Um, but there are components in the wood uh, lignin and and other um, chemical compounds that can be converted into amazing things like polymers that can be used to strengthen and, and build products so this is an opportunity for us to say how can we be an innovator in the forestry sector, and develop some of these uh, amazing ideas in, into that next step. How can we support those that are already in the biomass kind of sector uh, to do more with what you know they've been doing? How can we support uh, new businesses, existing businesses? Maybe not for profits, uh, indigenous communities, uh, or, or municipalities that, that may have an idea for the use of biomass. So we've invested uh, close to $20 million this year. And, um, you know, we'll see how that gets used and, and look at the opportunity in other years. But again, it all comes down to sustainable forestry. Um, using more components of the tree. like I'm very proud of the industry that we have in Ontario uh, and the work they, they do and, and their commitment to sustainable forestry. Um, this just takes it you know, to another
1: level. All right. Now, there was an application process that was attached to the funding announcement. Now, w- how would that work? Who would apply, and what would they be applying for? Yeah,
0: so four different streams within the program: uh, one specifically for indigenous communities, one for you know very um, kind of specific high level uh, innovation, uh, some other streams again for existing established businesses, um, and so we we want to know on a on a project basis. What it looks like, what's that return on investment, what's that um, you know, ultimate usage of biomass going to do for us as a province, for the forestry industry, as a, a sector to move things along. So well, it's not just about having uh, money and handing it out. It's about analyzing the projects that will take place within that program and making sure that we're getting a really good return on the investment for the people of Ontario.
1: Yes, and, and would I be right to to understand if we're using you know more of the tree there's left left on the uh, floor of the forest that you know could become fuel for uh, a That's certainly, certainly
0: part of it. Uh, And, you know, the, and the more that we use uh, the more sustainably we're, we're, you know, treating the the resource Uh, you know, we, we uh, in the forestry sector, there are areas that get cut there. Those areas become replanted and regenerated um, and, and, you know, to be be maybe harvested again another day, uh, but, you know, be a functioning part uh, of the forest. But uh, you know, the, the, the less we have to cut, uh, to achieve, you know, the same output uh, or to achieve uh, new goals, you know, the, the, that's great too. So, you know, let's make sure that um, what we're doing, and, and there's a global push towards this, of course, as well in the forestry sector around sustainability. Let's make sure that what we're doing and the programs that we're supporting, you know, are ones that uh, promote ultimately uh, a better, stronger forestry sector and and one that as we continue to green our economy, uh, you know, fits fits that bill. All right.
1: Well, we're going to take a quick break. I've been talking with MPP Graydon Smith. We'll be right back. Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk
0: shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane
1: Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome back to The Writing Report. I'm Jeff Carter. And I'm with Graydon Smith, the MPP for Perry Sound Muskoka and also the Minister for
0: Natural Resources and Forestry.
1: Now, uh, Graydon, uh, just recently you were at the groundbreaking of the new Fairvern long-term care home in Huntsville, which is being redeveloped just off of Center Street here in Huntsville. And uh, it's going to have uh, 170 beds, I understand, uh, which is an increase over what they currently have. And uh, I'm not sure... If uh, despite the amount of money that this is costing, that it's not going to end up with waiting lists, because I don't think that um, there's enough building going on to basically uh, handle the wave of uh, senior citizens that might need help down the road but it's, it's a good start for Huntsville that's for sure so Fairvern as a, an institution and I say that both literally and, and
0: figuratively um, you know in Huntsville is, is a place that everybody knows and uh, it's incredibly important uh, to this area and and to the East Perry Sound area and Lake of Bays as well um, it's where, where a number of people have received excellent care um, but it it does need more beds and it does you know require redevelopment um, and there's an opportunity and and the 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 district and the province of Ontario have seen that opportunity to take it to have a new type of long term care facility and one that is very, very much focused on the individual and very, very much focused on on making it a home. So, you know, the new Fairburn space and facility uh, versus the old one, I'd say would probably be unrecognizable, you know, as in terms of what's coming. Um, and along with that as you mentioned there's a significant increase in in the number of beds which uh, is needed in the area and I think does uh, mean that you know the the draw will be you know, not only from from Huntsville and and East Perry Sound and Lake of Bays but maybe even from you know a little further afield in, in Muskoka um, the government's putting about 88 0.5 million dollars into this project um and and the district um several million more um but uh, you know it's it's needed um and I think the the government's commitment um as evidenced by the number of beds that we want to create for Ontario uh, all across the province uh is, is very much um you know front and center and, and focused on people and individuals that are going to need uh, long-term care facilities so um I think it's 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 really going to be uh, something very special for uh Huntsville and 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 the community around Huntsville but I but I hope also something that's very very special for the people that ultimately call
1: it home all right and uh that's due to be open sometime late 2024 um, I yeah,
0: I'm not sure exactly what the timeline uh, is on it or, or where they're at um, uh, in that. I know, obviously, we've done the groundbreaking. There's been some site development that has gone on. The, the district will kind of manage that process uh, as it goes forward and, and do a great job at it. But, um, you know, the, the, the sooner the better, um, obviously. Uh, I know the, the residents that are at Fairburn now are excited. Uh, and, uh, you know, kudos, by the way, to the, the, the previous uh, Fairburn board that Uh, had done uh, a ton of work uh, to get to this point not only did they manage the previous facility very very well for for years and years before um, the district took management uh, of it uh, over last year Uh, but you know they also um, saw that you know the future of of long-term care and the future of the facility um, you know maybe was was better served using a a different model and and sometimes it's you know, not not easy to see that or say that, um,
1: but they, they did a fantastic job when they were the stewards of it, and, and well done to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, uh, also, there was an electric vehicle show or an EV show that was held at the fairgrounds in Bracebridge just a few weeks back. And um, people who went could, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about the technology and uh I guess, owner experiences driving an EV and as well, Lakeland um, networks uh, basically announced that they would be building um, a whole network of recharging stations all throughout uh, the areas that they serve. It was a great
0: show. Uh, I had the opportunity to stop by for a bit and there were lots of interested people there, which is going to show you where the mindset is going with electric vehicles uh in Ontario and, and, and as a whole, and, you know, we're on the cusp of something incredibly special in Ontario in terms of transitioning our auto sector to be one that has recognized that change. Our governments recognize that change and, and work towards uh, moving towards, uh, you know, the, the the kind of the future happening now uh, with the investment uh, with uh, Volkswagen and um, you know, other investments made with other companies to, to build, you know, these massive uh, battery factories uh, Uh, That will be in Ontario and ultimately using the resources of Ontario to drive it forward. So, you know, our government's very much uh, invested uh, in electric vehicles. Uh, So uh, it it was an opportunity to talk with owners of vehicles currently and what their experience is like. I know there were many manufacturers there. And so uh, uh, kudos to the Muskoka Conservancy and, and Climate Action Muskoka had put on the show. And um, it was uh, great to talk to them uh, as well. But uh, it really does dovetail uh, perfectly with, you know, what this government sees as, as the future of the auto sector in Ontario and the future of vehicles in Ontario. Mm-hmm.
1: And it does connect to the ring of fire in northern Ontario 100%. where all the uh, uh, essential minerals, I guess, will be coming from. From yeah, four yeah. batteries, yeah, and when we look other at things,
0: yeah. I'm sorry to talk over you, but when we look at the the components that will go into these batteries, I think that's what makes Ontario such an attractive jurisdiction to be located in. not Not only do we have you know a, a massive amount of clean power being generated in this province, uh, you know, and, and a labor force ready to get to work, but we've got the critical minerals that uh, need to go into these batteries uh, to make them. And so it's not about shipping components from all over the world and just assembling them here. Uh, it's about a real made in Ontario. Ontario, uh, You know, we win an Ontario solution of using the resources that we have, the labor that we have, uh, and, and putting it all together to, to make, you know, these components of the vehicles of uh, the present and the future.
1: All right. Lastly, uh, the legislature's sitting is over for the summer. And um, well that's over. You've got what I understand is a fairly busy schedule, but could you sort of just recap what you think the highlights of the last session were? Well, I've been, first of all, very honored
0: to be an MPP now for a year. Uh, it's a job I wake up very, very eager to do every day. And so, you know, I'm thankful for, for those that gave me that opportunity, uh, but I'm, I'm here to, to work for everyone and, and hear from everyone. And it's a big riding. And so I'll be spending uh, my time doing that over the summer. But you know, when I reflect over the past year, when we look at um, the, the changes that we've made to facilitate more housing in Ontario, uh, some changes uh, within uh, you know the education sector, um, is, uh, some steps in the health sector, I think that there's been a recognition uh, by this government that the status quo is not necessarily what works anymore and that we need to look at doing things differently. And, and we are doing that. And, you know, also the investments that we continue to make for Ontarians to, to build our economy. We've created hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jobs since the government took over five years ago. Uh, We're putting people to work. uh, And I think, you know, we're seeing that, uh, you know, many, many people given the opportunity um, can create something very, very beautiful for themselves right here in Ontario.
1: All right. And we quickly run out of time. Hard to believe it goes so quickly. But thank you very much for coming in. And uh, enjoy your summer out and about uh, in the writing. And I'm sure you'll be in Toronto once in a while to continue sadly called back uh, from time to time to uh, get things done
0: but uh, my heart always here in parry sound muskoka all right that's Graydon smith
1: the mpp for parry sound muskoka and the minister of natural resources and forestry and thank you very much for coming in hopefully we'll see you next month